Welcome into the Bear Den. I am Matt Workman, and I am not joined by Joe Goodman today, but I am here with Matt Wilson. Matt, how are you doing today? <laughs> we finally got him out of here. <laughs> ah, kicked him over the seas. It's about time. <laughs> no, we miss him. I was I was hoping maybe he'd be back. I haven't really been yeah. keeping in touch with. Uh, I think he's back, and we or I think he's back. I mean, we kind of planned like this is the day. Like he has like, what a flake. But then I, I texted him, and he was like, "Can we do it Friday?" And no. I was like, I was like, well, we could, but my week's kind of crazy. Yeah, no. Irresponsible, and it would be after uh, the the Baylor game happens, and just that, get it together, was, I Joe. Like, well, I think that's the message. Get it yeah. together, Joe. I'm excited to be here, man. This is going to be fun. Yeah, what a I week. Thought it's a great week to have you on. Um, me and Joe readily tell you, like, we are Baylor basketball fans, but probably casual college basketball fans. You watch a lot more college basketball than than I watch for sure. And most likely then Joe watches as well. So I figured you'd be good to get on just to look at the matchups, the NCAA tournament, and uh, get your thoughts. Yeah, it's a disease. There are many Tuesday and Wednesday nights where I'm watching like Utah State play um, whoever they play or or ooh, I wonder what uh, New Mexico State is doing and apparently not good things. Um, yeah. But <laughs> they just pause their program for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. College basketball hits me in the same space that that college football hits a lot of other people in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm happy to go. This is a fun bracket too. really excited to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about that, there's many nights during football season where like I'm watching some rando Mac school right on a Mac game on a Tuesday night and staying up till 11 o'clock to watch a game that I have no affiliation with, or I'm not tied to it at all. Has no bearing on how the rest of your week goes. Yeah. Just completely. I don't care who wins or loses. Exactly. Exactly. So, on the bracket itself, what were your – you said it was a fun bracket. What kind of stood out to you overall when you when it was released? You know, in in a lot of years, you have um, a few good games in that first round, but a lot of them you wouldn't be crazy for just taking the chalk pick and then moving on to the second round, right? You can't predict a lot of the potential upsets. There's There might be a, a one in every bracket, but I look at this bracket this year. In the South, I see three. In the Midwest, I see potentially four. Uh, in the West, I see three or four. In the East, I see three. Like, all of these games that, might not be upsets, but they will be close, yeah. competitive games, right? There are times where that eight nine game feels like it won't be competitive. This year, it I I am pretty sure they will be. So those lead to, of course, potential upsets, and that leads to just craziness in uh, the the second round and the Sweet Sixteen. And I think this year. More than other years, I'm really going to enjoy seeing my bracket just torn to shreds by Thursday afternoon. I that that's why I make a bracket because it's fun to see it just absolutely destroyed <laughs> after 48 hours. Um, and I think I'm I'm really going to get some payout from that. 
this particular season. Uh, but yeah, we could start anywhere you wanted to because this is chock full of good basketball. Um, let's just go. Let's st- look at the Big Twelve matchups first. Yeah, um, and just start like in the South because that's that's where I'm at. So just off the top, you have you're just talking about the eight nine matchup. You have Maryland and West Virginia. Um, that looks like that'll be that's a a great matchup. I it the eight nine makes it seem that way, right? Um, and you know, I I I tune into the selection show, and they had just announced Texas A and M Corpus Christi or um, Southeast Missouri State as the sixteen seed play in game for Alabama, and so the next line was Maryland, and I'm like, oh, Maryland's an eight seed. That seems a little high for them. I guess they were kind of streak. And then West Virginia pops up and my yeah. brain immediately went to big 12 supremacy. Yeah. West Virginia wins in a blowout. And I do have West Virginia winning that game. That being said, Evan Maya Kawa uh, just released a graphic earlier, like a, a couple hours ago of the streakiest teams in the country. And Maryland apparently does a lot of damage when they win a game, they're winning it on a streak. Yeah. Um, and uh, West Virginia has the ability to give up those streaks as well, but I'm I'm riding with the Big Twelve here. I think West Virginia is overall the more talented team. I think they'll rebound the ball better, and I see them getting a win. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, too. but I went the same way. Like I'm Big Twelve supremacy, and that, that's kind of what I first saw. <laughs> I was like West Virginia, boom. We can't stop beating the drum now. Yeah, <laughs> like now is not the time to stop beating it. And I guess the only other like Big Twelve matchup is uh, is Baylor's matchup, so we'll circle back to them in the South. Sure. Yeah. Um, so then when you go down to the East, the, what this is not a Big Twelve, but this stood out to me. I just wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think about like the Tennessee Louisiana matchup? Speaking of like potential upsets, well, it turns out in basketball. Um, college basketball too, actually, you do have to score points to win a basketball game. And I would not trust Tennessee to score 50 points in any game moving forward. Uh, of course, after losing Ziegler, their point guard, yeah. however small he might be, I don't care. He organized that offense and they are listless without him. Don't know a ton about Louisiana, but I know that they can score 50 points, which is yeah. why I picked them. <laughs> and on the Big 12 side, you have Kansas State, Montana State. This seems like that's one of those games where it's just you're just going to go like the higher yep. seed. I mean, there's Kansas no- State, go take care of business. You're the more talented team. You were a Big 12 championship caliber team, right? With your A, a game. And I think even if Kansas State brings their B game, that should be a comfortable win. And what about the Kentucky Providence? Man, uh, of every game on the bracket, this might have been the one that I flip-flopped back and forth the most on. I currently, I'm looking at Providence as my pick here just because uh, there's some injury issues with Kentucky right now. There's the weird coach Cal saying we need to play other guys over Oscar Shibway more. I just weird vibes. And if you have a team that has a small, super fast lightning quick guard, like Providence does, I'm going to remember that more often than not. And I've seen Providence play a couple times this season. I, I wouldn't say they're most, the most talented team, but they have enough 
Um, if Kentucky doesn't bring their A plus game, Providence can knock them off. And so I'm picking them as one of my 11 six upsets for sure. All right. Um, over to the Midwest. I now I know the new teams that joined the Big 12, they don't officially join the Big 12 until July. But like I'm kind of take credit for him. We're going to take credit for him right now. Absolutely. And so we'll talk about it. So this is another one of like Houston's number, a number one seed. They're number one portion of the season for a reason. They're a very good team. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this is, there's no threat of any kind of 16 upsetting a one. um, No, I, I really don't think so. North, North Kentucky. I just don't think has the juice even on their best day and Houston's worst day to, to knock them off. I think Houston's going to have a tougher game against Iowa, who I have handling Auburn pretty easily. Uh, but I think, you know, especially if Sasser comes back for round two, um, I think Houston will have enough to get past Iowa. And an even tougher test in really either Drake or Indiana, two vastly different challenges in mm-hmm. what they would present. But this Indiana team, I'm it's they're very confusing. If I was coaching Indiana, I would reduce their offense to like four or five different sets that has one of two players shooting the ball. And that's it. They don't do that. They get way too creative unintentionally. So I think, so that's why I have Houston beating Indiana. Um, but I think that's going to be a close game from an athleticism standpoint. I think Indiana can hang with them to a degree. And then I, I, I don't want to give away my elite eight, pick just yet Let, let's go through the rest of the midwest and, and we'll okay. get there in a second okay so get to another big 12 we got iowa state and Pitt. did you I mean, watch Pitt and uh and mississippi I state i uh i watched the first game the a&m corpus they said that was like a like they had a chance like there's a buzzer beater yeah opportunity, was, but yeah didn't make it i was not impressed with Mississippi State as much as I thought I would be. That was a close game too. Yeah, and I wasn't as impressed with Pitt as I thought I would be, even though they won. Um, And I was considering like, ah, if Pitt wins that game, should I consider an upset over Iowa State? Because Iowa State can, of course, go anemic on offense at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Iowa State's defense, I think, is just too good. I don't, I don't know that Pitt can hang with them for 40 minutes. I think it'll be a close, ugly kind of game, which yeah. is right where Iowa State lives. That's right where they live. So I have Iowa State advancing out of the first round uh, to face Xavier. So, yeah. And the the next matchup, this, you, know, you have Xavier, who's classically been one of those – high mid-major basketball programs mm-hmm. taking on Kennesaw State, which is not known for basketball. I would no. <laughs> so you can't run the triple option in basketball, <laughs> to my understanding. So this is another one. Like a lot of these, you know, like low seed versus a higher seed, you you would just go like with Xavier because there's not really a threat. I think this is another one of those games. I, I think especially when you have a a, a small school that relies on their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you always want to be hesitant about picking that upset just because they're playing a schedule that allows them to rely on defense more often than not. Um, but you still have to score against really good defenses and Xavier can do that. 
uh, when they're playing well. I I just don't see that happening. The, the A-Sun is just not the conference that I would pick to upset a really quality Big East team. So rolling with Xavier here, yeah. Okay. And the next two matchups, these are very mm-hmm. intriguing seating and where they were seated oh, within the bracket. So good. Yeah. So good. A&M and Penn State in the 7-10 matchup, and then Texas and Colgate in the 2-15 matchup, which sets up to have like a great like oh, second round game. So good. So good. So I likened Texas A&M. You know, I watched a lot of their SEC tournament games, and I likened Texas A&M to bringing a rock to a laser gun fight, except that when you both get in the room, when you get in the room with Texas A&M, they turn off the lights and it's just, they're running around with a rock and they're really good at it. But I think Penn state just has too many laser guns, especially for this particular matchup. Um, And it, from a narrative standpoint, doesn't it make sense to have Buzz Williams and the Texas A&M fan base who I've grown more accustomed to, and I've grown more fond of over the last couple of years. Um, I really like this Texas A&M team, but yeah. just from a narrative standpoint, doesn't it make sense for Penn State to just be like, ah, eh, you should, you were complaining about nothing anyway. We took yeah. care of it. And Penn State has a super senior laden team. I, I really, they're so fun. They feel like a team of destiny. So I, I, I chose Penn State here off of vibe somewhat. Yes, but yeah. I still chose Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> and with like Texas went through won the big 12 tournament. And I mean, I sent out a tweet that said like, well, they're definitely going to lose in the first round now because they beat Kansas. But then they draw this matchup, and I was like, well, it's kind of I don't know if I can pick Colgate to upset Texas. You and know, I don't know if they can. Evan and I have carved out our own niche yeah. in just being haters, right? It's something we really love to do. We especially love to do it for that burnt orange school in Austin. Um. I looked for every possible avenue to justify Colgate upsetting Texas. Here's what I landed on. Um, Texas is too now. Now, I, if you had asked me at the beginning of the season what to pick in this matchup, I would have picked Colgate, knowing what I know now. Um, but Texas is too disciplined defensively now. I think they will just out athlete Colgate, um, which also puts me in the great position of a win-win situation. I either win the pick on my bracket or all of my dreams come true yet again. So I'm really in a win-win position there. And it sets up like a really good game between Texas Penn state or Texas, Texas A&M. Like either one, I think is a fantastic game for different reasons. So it wouldn't kill me for Texas to win that first round game, I guess. Yeah. That's the way I, I mean, I looked at it and I was like, I'm the same way. I just think Texas is just has too many athletes. Yeah. And I, I think I mean, it's a just, length issue. Yeah. Colgate is getting a lot of open threes, which is why they're making so many of them. And good for them. It, it takes organization and skill and practice and execution to do that. But you're not doing that against a Dylan DeSue or, you know, um, any of the defenders that Texas has. And Unless like Texas just goes extremely cold from the floor, I, I see this being a Texas win. All right, on the down to the west bracket again, more Big Twelve number ones. When we have Kansas and Howard, um, this looks like, you know it's again. I think you can just pencil you know Kansas in. This is yes, but 
Yes, but. Yes, but. Um, look, Kansas has the ability to go completely brain dead on defense at times. They do. Yeah. I don't think Howard has the juice to take advantage of that. But you never know. Technically, Howard scores more points per game than Kansas does. Kansas, of course, has an insane strength of schedule compared to Howard. But like literally Howard is like at the bottom of the country in terms of strength of schedule. But you get a team who's not afraid in there. Strength of schedule doesn't matter as much. I'm just saying I picked Kansas. I think Kansas will win and by a hefty amount. But dot, dot, dot. You never know. All right. Now we go, we go to one of those other um, eight, nine matchups. This looks like it could be an amazing game with Arkansas, Illinois in that eight, nine in that in the West portion of the bracket. I, uh, this was another one of those games where I really had to think hard about, I drank about like six monsters, um, in a row all in one night. So I've been kind of out of commission for the last three days, um, (laughs) with caffeine poisoning, trying to figure out this game. I actually think Arkansas wins this by double digits. I, I, Illinois is not a reliable team to me in any way, shape or form offensively, defensively. They are incredibly streaky when they do have success on offense. Arkansas is just defensively. You saw what Howard was for Baylor to score against Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. You saw Howard was for Baylor to score against Arkansas. Do you think Illinois is going to be able to do something? No. Yeah. No, I like Arkansas big there. All right. And then um, the next, the 512 matchup, you have St. Mary's and VCU. This is is would is this a spot where you'd pick an upset? Um, let me clarify. Yeah, let me clarify this. So I think I have the wrong pick here, but I'm still picking it because something keeps nagging at me about this one. Um, St. Mary's is the better team than VCU. VCU um, is a very good defensive team. St. Mary's is also a very good defensive team. St. Mary's will probably have the best player on the court, Aiden Mahaney. I don't know, man. I think I think this game is like the second game of the series of the session um in their particular location. And mm-hmm. you know what happens. The people waiting over from the game prior, they want to see craziness. They want to see March Madness. I think the crowd gets behind VCU. I think St. Mary's says, oh crap, you know, this was our year to win the conference outright completely. Um, this is our year. This is our year of destiny. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to win them. And then they're already thinking about UConn. And I think VCU can reach up and grab them. So I have VCU picked here. Not confident in it. Don't take this to the bank. But I, there's something is telling me this is the 12-5 this year. Okay. And the the next matchup underneath them, the what intrigues me about this is on the Iona side because – like their coach is like halfway out the door. Yep. I yep. mean, he's already yep. like fielding questions. Like he was asked questions about this on selection Sunday and he's non-committal on all fronts. Yeah. And, Rick Pitino, uh, I th- I think will be, um, I think Rick Pitino will be focused in this. I'm not sure it matters though. I don't think Iona yeah. really has, I've watched Iona. I've put money on Iona this year and I would not suggest that uh, in this particular game. I think UConn um, has, has been battle tested. I don't think they're going to be caught off guard and Rick Pitino will think he can win this game for about mm, roughly 13 seconds. And then UConn will take over and, uh, 
Yeah, I I, I think Rick Pitino takes his first Big East loss here. <laughs> and in another Big 12 matchup, you have TCU, which it looks like they're going to be playing Arizona State, who's yep, winning right now. That, that's, that's what it's looking like right now, which sucks. I had Nevada pick there, so maybe that dooms this pick from the start, but we'll see. And so my inclination is the, you know, I'm picking Big 12 just because we're watching Baylor. You saw these teams all year, so I'm just familiar with them, know how good they can be when mm-hmm. they're playing well. And my gut has always been like, well, most of all the Big 12 teams are just more tested than probably anyone they're going to face in the tournament. And so I, I would just say, like, no matter who it is, TCU will Agreed. advance. Agreed. TCU's been playing tournament games all season, just like every other Big 12 team. They've been playing yeah. tournament caliber teams all season. Plus, if Mike Miles is shooting the ball like he is right now, uh, that's that's a problem for everybody in that bracket. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and spoil it right now. I have TCU beating Gonzaga in the next round too. I have TCU beating UCLA the game after that. I am very high on this TCU team, even though they don't have Eddie Lampkin. Uh, I think Emmanuel Miller and Damian Baugh, I, I think provide really versatile defenders. And if they're shooting the ball well, TCU is a very scary team. Very scary team, especially with how fast they play. If they're scoring at will, uh, it's going to be hard for teams to catch up with them. So um, I'm assuming that you, you're you not going with the coach of Drew against Gonzaga in, in the first round. Uh, I wish I could. That Gonzaga offense is something special, though. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't see a path. I really don't have anything else interesting to say. So what uh, do you think Drew Timmy's PhD is in? Uh, getting roasted in the pick and roll, <laughs> I think, in that second round game, because that's exactly what's going to happen. He just hasn't figured it out. And Still God bless him. He's, he's better at basketball than I will be at anything in my life. But that man cannot defend a pick and roll to save his life. And uh, Mike Miles is going to have his ankles a little wobbly. That is my prediction. Um, this is, I don't know much about any of these teams, Northwestern Boise state. So, I mean, this is one of the ones that I personally would just pick the upset. Cause I don't know. Let me introduce you to Northwestern's boo buoy. Um, that's right. That's his name. Boo buoy. Uh, one of the most deadly shooters in the country. That is a reason to watch this game. Boo Boo is going to put on a show. I'm sure of it. But Boise State is uh, they're longer and more athletic and more competent than people would expect. They earned that 10 seed. I would probably have had them at a nine. Um, I think Boise State wins this. I don't know how comfortably, but I'm very confident in that pick. I like that Boise State game uh, or Boise State team in this position. Yeah. yeah. And to wrap up the West, you have UCLA and UNC Asheville, which UCLA yeah. tested team, senior team, even though they're missing Jalen Clark, I, I trust them to get it done there. UNC Asheville um, does have, oh, what is his name? Goodness gracious. Uh, Drew Pember um, is a Tennessee transfer. He can fill it up. He is a good scorer, but it's going to take more than one guy to beat this UCLA team. All right. Now let's um circle back to the Baylor matchup. Um Yeah. So I was watching the selection show and one of the talking heads on there said like 
UC Santa Barbara is going to make the Sweet 16. They're going to upset Baylor first round. That hasn't been a widely um, agreed upon sentiment. So what do you see when you look at this UC Santa Barbara team against Baylor? Yeah, Santa Barbara is a good team. Like, they're not bad. They they run a very efficient, aggressive offense. I love the way they move the ball. They shoot the ball well from multiple spots on the floor, uh, from outside, multiple positions on the floor, rather. Um, I love their offense. They are about as fast as I am laterally at this point across the board. Baylor should be able to get to the rim at will, get them in foul trouble, and this should be a comfortable win. If Baylor plays any semblance of half-court defense, I think this is a comfortable Baylor win, and I believe this team will be locked in and ready to do that. But in their championship game, which they won, UCSB, their conference championship game, they could not stay in front of any of the guards from Cal State Fullerton. Like Cal State Fullerton, the guards from Cal State Fullerton. Do you think they're going to be able to stay in front of the guards of this Baylor team, this particular Baylor well, it's, team? It's not like Baylor has the three, you know, best Four guards. guards if Love is back, yeah. five if you count, yeah. you know, like they're, they're Jalen Bridges is not exactly a slouch when he decides to put the ball on the floor. Like mm. this Baylor team should be able to get inside whenever they want, which in turn opens up the three point. Like I, I think Baylor can hurt this UCSB defense in more ways than they can hurt the Baylor defense. If that makes sense. Yeah. And on Baylor a little bit, you, what I like as you on Twitter, when it comes to basketball is most Baylor fans, when it comes to any sport, things start going badly. We turn very negative very quickly. And maybe that's all fan bases. I don't know. I just, I mean, I'm tuned into like Baylor Twitter. So yeah, I'd see more of those than any other fan base. And, but you always seem to have like a more, nuanced view especially when it comes to basketball it's it's tough i i used to be much harder on the fan base than i am now and after thinking about it right you have central texas football is god right everybody Mm -hmm. is a football fan everybody's used to watching football and they know when something is not going to end well or is likely not to end well in a football game right yeah um it's basketball not saying anything crazy here is a different sport there it is a game of runs much like it is a game of series in football it's a game of runs in basketball so there will be a point in time where UCSB goes on like a six or eight zero run on Friday and that's okay that happens in every single basketball game okay even in games where Baylor wins by 30 or 40 against a um, a Northwestern state or, you know, some uh, Abilene Christian or whatever, like Abilene Christian or, or one of those small schools will go on a 10 0 run. Sometimes it just happens, right? It's yeah. just a way things go. Um, so I encourage everybody to understand that, especially in college basketball, especially in March madness, every team is bringing its most focus. Every well-coached team is bringing its most focus and their absolute best game, and you were going to get the absolute best shot, especially from a 14 seed, right? They are going to play as hard as they possibly can, and you hope your team does as well. So unless we're down by 20, like we were to Marquette in the first half earlier in the season, unless there's a massive injury or unless something happens that is truly negative, just breathe. I'm not saying you can't be frustrated, I'm not saying you can't be disappointed with a particular play, 
but it isn't the end all be all. It doesn't mean that particular player or those particular players suck. It doesn't mean that. Um, I've seen a lot of negativity towards Keontae George this season. Yeah. And I understand some frustration. It's because he's a baby. I was just talking yeah. with Fankhauser about the Rockets. These guys are so young. He just turned 19. I know. Like he's a baby. He's gonna make mistakes. Look at yeah. look at what Grady Dick does during the 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 course of a game. He makes all kinds of mistakes. Like he's a little less aggressive at times, so they aren't as um eye popping sometimes. But Keontae George has like a killer mindset. All he, he he is a threat every time he steps on the court. But like relax. Like if if you think as a fan that you or I or any of the other fans know half as much as that coaching staff does, you're out of your gourd. Just sit back, yeah. cheer on your team. If you have something specific that you're curious about or frustrated about, DM me. We'll talk it through. That's fine. If I don't know, I'll tell you. But like, it's all going to be okay, right? Like it's I got frustrated okay. with center play the the our last game. Sure, that was very like, no very rebounds, thing to be frustrated with. Like, yeah, this is we got murdered on on the board. It's like, what are we doing? But like you said, the coaching staff. There's a reason this player isn't being substituted for another player. Yeah. They also, um, Baylor athletic staff or anybody uh, who listens to this, uh, shut your ears for a second. I'm not entirely sure Scott Drew and the staff care about the Big 12 tournament at all. Now, that being said, you do want a better rebounding performance. You would like to see better effort. I'm right there with everyone else, but I'm not sure they really care about it. I think they wanted the rest more than anything else. And hell, it worked in 2021. So yeah. what? who am I to argue? I'd... For sure. I don't know. I'm dumb. I, I don't know anything. I'm just, I just like basketball a lot, so I watch it. Yeah, when me and Joe talked about it, we were both like, you know, I'm not going to be heartbroken if we lose that game. Yeah. Because I mean, we had I, like, I think it was, Keontae was just coming back off of an injury. You have Langston Love still out. Due yeah. to like scratch Also, and Iowa so State's like, really good. Like, they're really good. They they're good frustrating as hell it. to play with or to play against. They're I think part of it was like we got up so big and then – or yeah. had, a, had a, a, a good lead. I wouldn't say we got up super big. But then, you know, kind of like depleted it and couldn't get – then it was like you can't get the rebounds. You can't get any – And there were, they, Baylor made a run in the early second half. Like, it yeah. wasn't like they just rolled over. They just yeah. got beat by a good team. It yeah. Happens. I heard people saying, like, we got blown out, which is like, well, it's not really blown. We lost by six. I mean, it's not really – Oh my God! Not a blowout. It may look. You like don't it understand like what a blowout is if you think that is a blowout. Yeah, not yeah. a blowout. And Baylor blew out Gonzaga in the national championship game. That was the first example that came <laughs> to mind. The second was when our small private high school went down to Beaumont, uh, or maybe it was Port Arthur for an AAU tournament. That's what a blowout looks like yeah. when Jacobin Brown, who I think was academically ineligible for Texas, I think that's how his career there ended. His AAU team played our AAU team and their power forward jumped over our power forward. And that's what a blowout looks like. OK, the Iowa State game was not a blowout. Yeah, um, there was one of like a I remember back whenever it may have been like 2011 or 12 when prime prep had all those like 
five star. Yeah. They came to Waco and played at one of the charter schools in Waco, and it was absolutely yeah that murder. Yeah, that's different. That's different. Yeah, that's like the- you don't want that. That's not good. But losing by six is to yeah. another tournament team. No, that, that's not a problem. So like like not the number four team in the Big Twelve. I mean, dude, yeah, like. Everybody take a breath. I understand being frustrated when your team loses. I understand being frustrated when it seems like your team cannot score. But the way Baylor plays is going to be especially polarizing, especially on offense, right? You take a lot of threes. You will make a lot sometimes. You'll miss a lot sometimes. But it will average out to being about the same as if you were shooting, you know, an average from two. So it is what it is. I've heard people say that, you know, Chris has like how we play offense. Mm-hmm. Baylor plays offense, and then the pushback I've had is like, well, you can't just change your offense. That's just how it is. Like, exactly. It's like in football, like if you run a spread, we're not going to go, okay, now we're doing wishbone this second half. You you can't line up in the that. eye yeah. all because, just because the postseason's here, right? And honestly, I think the shooting and the way Baylor has played freely on offense translates into a high variability um, uh, su- like success rate, right? So if you look at what the tournament is, it is three weeks of one like isolated games, right? And if you can just be hot for three weeks, that like then this Baylor team is absolutely talented enough to shoot how like six games, six teams yeah. out of the tournament. They absolutely are. It doesn't like that's the one thing about deep three point shooting is. It can beat literally anyone. Now, you have to get lucky and you have to play decently on defense enough to make that even a factor. But their guards win March. We've seen it before. Guards win March. You have to have elite offensive guard play. And hopefully your defense is good enough. So we will see what kind of improvement can be made there. But, you know, it's it's high variability. It sounds scary and weird, but it's what you want. It's what you want. If you're going to be weak on one side of the ball, you want it almost always to be defense in basketball, at least in my opinion, some people would argue with that. Yeah. And, and speaking about that going on a run, what do you think about Baylor's draw in the bracket itself? Like where they're, where they're placed within the bottom half of the South. Um, So I, I think if Baylor's playing up to their potential, they should beat UCSB and they should beat um, either North Carolina state or Creighton. I think Creighton would be a tougher matchup, but I actually like North Carolina State yeah. to beat Creighton um, in a pretty good contrasting style game there. Um, plus, I think Baylor, Turkavion Smith, Keontae George, or Turkavion Smith and LJ Cryer just trading three-pointers, I think would be a blast. But I think Baylor can win that game. I think the first real true, all right, Baylor has to step that take a step up is against that Arizona team. Now we've seen Arizona lay eggs before Arizona almost lost to a not quite as talented TCU team last season compared to the TCU team this season. Now with Lampkin out, that changes the calculus a little bit, but I I think Baylor has the ability to get Arizona um, reeling on defense enough to make that a competitive game. And anything can happen in March. We've seen it Mm -hmm. a million times. Baylor can absolutely win that game you need to count on Alabama dropping the ball somewhere, right? Whether it be West Virginia or against the San Diego state team, that's really long and deep and can defend. Um, You really hope Baylor doesn't go up against that Alabama team because Alabama just 
they just have a different caliber of player on both sides of the ball. So you you hope that Alabama slips up, but does are people just forgetting what Oklahoma did to Alabama? Like yeah. it's not like the the rosters changed a ton. It's not like Oklahoma just got really good that game and stopped being good or stopped being who they were. Baylor can Baylor can win that game. Any team can beat just about any team in this tournament. And Baylor, again, with a high-powered offense, could very possibly beat Alabama. This is probably the best draw that Baylor could have gotten, um, especially if you factor in like how much hype slash scrutiny slash controversy slash everything else that's surrounding Alabama right now. Yeah. Why can't it happen, right? Why can't that happen? Why can't Alabama just be a little distracted, right? You well, got to go into this tournament with hope. They're already, you gotta go they're already distracted because like four. Brandon Miller has like security. Exactly. Right. Like, like that's what the story about the first tournament game even tips. Right. Off. That's that's the story about Alabama right now. Not how they're going to play. Crank but, that up to 100. Crank yeah. all that hype up to 100. Everybody's assuming they're just going to sleepwalk to the final four. I hope that ramps up by 10. Because that's when things get dangerous. Anybody remember last time Baylor faced a tournament team yeah. that was just hyped up to all get out? Hmm. <laughs> um, I look, likely, no. Possible, absolutely. I think I was listening to the Split Zone Duel podcast, and Stephen Godfrey said, you know, he's rooting against Alabama's like Greg Sankey, like Nick Saban, like yeah. anyone associated with SEC or Alabama, because yeah, it's just on the other side, the scrutiny is going to rank up. The media talking points, if they start going through the tournament, what are they? What's the talking point going to be when it regards to Alabama? It's probably not going to be what's happening on the court. No, going to be Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, and all that going on around him and the other unfortunate incidents associated with that program. Absolutely. Like it's only going to get more. There's less and less teams to focus on yeah. <laughs> when you get deeper into the tournament and Oh, this Baylor team, nobody's expecting them. Can they do the thing and overcome the thing? And like, yeah, absolutely. They can. Absolutely. All right. To wrap up, what do you think, or what's your final four? Oh gosh, I don't want to share this publicly, but I will okay. for you. For Matt, for you, I absolutely you could, will. You could do um, your lead eight. We can just guess. We're we're gonna go in reverse order here. Okay. Okay. Um, Arkansas in my final four. That involves beating Illinois, Kansas, UConn, and TCU. That's a hell of a road. But with yeah. Nick Smith back, with Terry Black's son Anthony Black playing to probably two lottery picks. On that team, I like them a lot, and they are a pain in the ass yes. to play offense against. <laughs> so, all right, over to the Midwest. Um, if you beat the number one three-point shooting team in America, you beat a senior-laden team that feels like the team of destiny, you beat a team that you have played three times already in conference play, uh, maybe maybe only twice, and then you go beat the team that has pretty much led the nation all year in terms of AP poll rankings, um, you deserve to be in the final four. And unfortunately, that is why I have Texas in that final four from the Midwest region. So 
Uh, I'm not happy about it, but I believe in this Texas team and what they're doing defensively. I I, I think their offense is um, very plodding. How about that for an AP word um, at times, but their defense creates a lot of their offense for them. So I like Texas to come out of the Midwest. Out of the East, I think Memphis beats Purdue, which knocks out yet another one seed. So you have uh, then Duke probably knocking out Memphis, but sneaking up the back of the bracket. Um, look, I will say I have Marquette in my final four. Beating Duke in that Elite Eight to, to get to that final four. But, buddy, that's more of a whoever wins that Kansas State Marquette game beats Duke and gets to the final four. I yeah. could very easily see Kansas State putting it back together because they had it together at one point in time. Yeah, They put it back together. <laughs> Teams don't have a ton of time to prepare. And Jerome Tang coaches two really fantastic players and a bunch of role players to a final four. I could see that as well, but I have Marquette there. So. All right. Um, moving to the South. I have Alabama winning their one sixteen. I have Alabama edging out like a concerning game against West Virginia. That's what the story is going to be after that game. Oh, West Virginia kind of, Gave Alabama more than they were bargaining for there, but I guess Alabama wins it out. Alabama might respond really well against a deep San Diego State team. They might crash against a deep San Diego State team. Who knows? But Matt, look, there are only a few opportunities in this life to take a shot where you don't lose anything if you miss. Yeah. You, you, what, what, what's the what's the phrase? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's it. Right. Baylor goes in and just beats the snot at Alabama. I just like, like a 15-point win. Alabama closes it on a big run to get it to within 15, but it was never that close. That's what people will say. Oh, it was never that. This was in hand with 12 minutes left. That's what people will say. And then Baylor not only gets a rematch against Marquette. You get to go exercise some some demons yeah. from earlier in the season. You shut up all the naysayers who said, oh, this Baylor team will never make the tournament if they keep playing like this. I remember you people. I remember what you were saying that night. Okay, It was one half of bad basketball. Baylor comes back, exercises those demons against this Marquette team. And Texas somehow in just an absolutely disgusting rock fight of a semifinal beats Arkansas. And so you have the two big 12 teams that nobody thought would be there at the beginning of the season. And Baylor wins it 62, 78. I'm sorry, 63, 78 or nope. Hold on. Nope. Math is hard guys. 73, 68 is what I was trying to get to for a total combined score of 141. Baylor wins its second national championship. Big 12 wins its third in three years. That's what the beauty of um, this is. Like you were talking about, like, unless you have, like, you're in bracket, which you may be, or you may have money on games. But, like, picking these, filling out a bracket, it's costs me nothing. Exactly. Have, it's no stakes. Exactly. I can make wild predictions. Precisely. That's the fun of it, right? Is a chalk bracket ever perfect? Like, does ever anybody ever win anything picking a, a chalk bracket? No. There's always a team that surprises everyone. Exactly. I, I completely agree. I will say this. In 2021, 
I entered the cover three podcast their bracket pool. Yeah. And so if you won, you got like a hundred dollar Paramount Plus gift card. Yeah. And so like I did win because I picked Bay nice. it. <laughs> Excellent. And they ended up love it. <laughs> and so like I've had free Paramount Plus for like two years. So it's been it's been great. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I I uh I'm excited for the tournament no matter what. It feels like Christmas Eve tonight here on Wednesday night. Oh yeah. It's uh, like and, and Christmas is there a better tomorrow. like opening to like a, a postseason than no, the first and second rounds of the not even close. tournament. Not even close. That first day of the NFL playoffs is pretty good, right? You get like 12 you get like straight Saturday, hours of football. Yeah, yeah. Saturday game, Sunday game. That's pretty good. I, I won't lie. I'm not the biggest NFL fan being a Texans guy, but like it, it doesn't hold a candle to this. Yeah, Come on now. These are like single elimination NBA playoffs. You're talking. It's a series. Like, so what? The, the first round of the NBA. It's so long. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So the matchups and pairings, one of the ones I'm going to be most interested in is, of course, Baylor versus UC Santa Barbara. But also, I have Louisiana upsetting Tennessee in the first round of the tournament. And if you have some matchups you keep your, you're keeping your eye on, what you need to do is go to DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign in with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Before I have a couple of non-basketball uh Man, we have to do that. We wouldn't be staying true to the Bearden if we didn't talk yeah. about what we were watching or consuming yeah. or something else. Absolutely. So the the first thing is a Big Twelve. Did you see the announcement today about the uh, next oh, year's the the Big Twelve Pro I Day? Love this idea. I am at, reading it. I was like, how are we the first to be doing this? How did it take till twenty twenty four to do this? Right. The SEC would now the SEC doesn't need to do this just because Correct. of the quality of their players, but why wouldn't you? It just showcases how you're the most dominant college football conference in the nation. I would be doing that immediately if I was the SEC. I wouldn't but be surprised if mark. it's like oh. the beginning of like every conference is going to have their absolutely. It's going to be it's a genius idea. All of them have like a one big major like NFL team in their where their conference headquarters are like, you know, there's Dallas, there's Atlanta. I mean, all the conferences have that spot. And it's going to attract players too, because you want to go to this event and be the fastest player from this conference. Are you telling me yeah. that's not going to bump your draft stock? You, you want to say, no, this is the quarterback that looked the best throwing the ball yeah. at the big 12 pro day. You're not, you're telling me that's not going to bump and your draft status. It's, it's, it's not like the combine. Idea. In a sense, like 
those are specially selected individual players. Right. This is like every Big 12 player is going to run a 40-yard dash because this is it. There's no team pro day. So if you exactly. don't go to combine, you're going to definitely – you're going to be here to run your 40, do your bench press, or do your drills. And it's going to be televised on NFL Network. Your mark, man. I'm I'm falling into a deep emotional relationship with him. He doesn't know it yet, but I am. He is he has been awesome. I I would like a do over on the Big Twelve theme song for whatever that was, but other than that, things are going great. Yeah, at least that was just a Big Twelve conference tournament theme song. Yeah, hopefully we don't which carry again, that. We out. don't have to do that, guys. That's not that's not really the value add that we're looking for. But good try. I'm glad you're trying stuff. So now to the, the important stuff. So I know you have been I, I saw a day on Twitter like you you started a new show. Yes. On um and so like I was thinking I've seen a lot of clips on like TikTok of shrinking. And yep. so did you get to like start it and jump in? I already? did. I, I got like three episodes in. Um I won't spoil anything, but this show, um and you'll have to forgive me. I, I'm terrible with this particular actor, Jason Siegel. I never can remember his name. Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford, um, and it are are phenomenal. This feels like a show that is the perfect blend of like a super scripted, like Scrubs, or I'm I'm trying to think of the other series. Um, that uh bill lawrence has done uh i can't i'm terrible with directors too i'm not the best person to be asking about like directors and stuff that's why i don't do movie pods i'm terrible with that but this feels like the perfect mixture of like a super scripted show and a classic jason siegel movie like forgetting sarah marshall or something like that It, it feels like a perfect blend of really truly funny and your your heartfelt heartwarming there's real substance just like a Ted Lasso, like this feels yeah. like a spiritual, um, re- uh, you know, relative to Ted Lasso, but very different vibe too. Um, I I think it's fantastic. I I will be binging it over the weekend when there's not basketball on for sure. Yeah. So like speaking of Ted Lasso, I guess it premiered technically tonight, last night, like, or last yeah. night. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. they dropped it like late, early, super but, late. Yeah. But yeah, today is the official start date. Um. So are you going to hold off on Ted Lasso after basketball? I don't know. I, I don't know. I have not done like a rewatch of season one, season two, mm-hmm. which I feel this series should probably earn that respect. We did rewatch season one before season two. I think because of the events of season two. Yeah. It kind of it warrants it just because a lot. I think so. Happened at at least rewatching season two, I would I would think. Yeah. So I probably want to do that, but I probably won't have the impulse control to yeah. do that. So I'll probably jump into three. Um, honestly, if not tonight, then probably tomorrow night after the games are over. <laughs> and with with without being a without too many spoilers or any spoilers, because you are you did watch like The Last of Us. Oh yeah. Like week by week. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was appointment viewing for for me um and then eventually the wife. Like about see yeah. about episode 2, 3 somewhere around there. I made her jump in, right? Yeah. Um I think I yeah. watched episode 1 and after that I was like I made her watch it because I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. She, this is, has to watch. This is yep. just going to be too good. Yep. So absolutely. like I had a qu- like Joe 
he had a long flight two ways. No, he said he was going to binge it. it. He's going to binge it. He He never watched it. But I was thinking about this, like I like you, I was watching it week by week and like sitting with the events and the characters for a week in between. Do you think that would affect you differently if you binged the last of us? I think it greatly depends on how invested you were in the game. Like, did you play the game? Mm -hmm. Have you played it recently? I think those are like really important factors because having played both part one and part two so recently, um, because I I got to them late. I I tried to play part one um, like in 2015, like a couple years after it released, and I was just not feeling it. It felt like a chore, like to like your knife breaks after one use that really pissed me off. And I think that at that point I was just like, ah, this ain't, this ain't for me. Um, but after hearing there's going to be a show, I was like, all right, I'll give it another try, I guess. And so I played the remaster of part one and I played it on the easiest difficulty setting because I had heard so much about the story. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm almost 35. I don't really have the time to go replay levels over and over and over again because I died. So I'm just going to play it on the easiest level, experience the story because I'm getting the sense that's what this is about. Best way to do it. Absolutely. Was able to play through the story. It lasted the perfect amount of time. Um, I didn't get caught up in the emotions of like being frustrated with the game and also the emotions of the story. (laughs) So um, I think binging it doesn't necessarily hurt if you know the back like if you know everything that comes from the game and you're able to tell what adaptations they were able to make for the show which they were all great like they they hit a hundred percent of the adaptations they did in terms of story and plot and timeline i think they nailed it um i i don't think binging is the worst idea but i would have preferred joe watch it week by week a so i could listen to you guys talk about it b because I just think it's a better experience. You think about all week about all oh, the, how this terrible thing might happen or not, or are they going to change the story in this particular way or not? I think that was important, but binging, it's not going to ruin it. I don't think. Yeah. And I'm, I'm coming along. I used to want to binge at all the shows. Like, I yeah, wait, it makes sense. You know, wait. Yeah, yeah. But now I've kind of reversed it. And we're like, I kind of like how HBO does still like the week by week release. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, for a we give we can talk about it for like nine weeks or whatever the case absolutely. may be absolutely instead of the like enjoyment this of weekend, it lasts longer. i watched stranger things you know like and it's like right so yeah all right matt your co-host of between two bears managing editor of our daily bears where else can people find you if they want to hear more of your content? um yeah, it's a specific, very specific life choice to make. It's not for everyone. That's okay. But if you want to, you can follow me at Matt is bear. No spaces, just Matt is bear on Twitter. Um, and yeah, you'll get to just about everything from there. I try not to self-promote too, too much because yeah. like, I really don't have a ton of hand in the success of ODB at this point. I just brought in people that are smarter and funnier than me and, and they're doing all the work. And, um, so, uh, yeah, and then Evan is just absolutely hilarious. And for once in my life, I get to play kind of the straight man there and and just let him do his thing. And so we're having a ton of fun over there. Now part of the Dave Campbell Texas football uh, 
rev up, you know, network over there and we're, we're yeah. excited to be with them. And so, yeah, a lot of fun stuff. We're, we're going in the off season here. We're going to have to figure out some content to make. I'm sure you guys are in the same boat and we'll have to do something together. Absolutely. Yeah. I was listening to the Republic of football, I guess, like the main podcast with um, yeah. those guys yeah. and tell you what, you know, they're talking about Baylor and they're, they're being a little disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Baylor earned some of that with their, with their football performance this year. Um, and to, to a degree with their basketball performance. Um, but, uh, you know, Baylor's going to bounce back. Scrubby little Baylor, right? You can't hold them down too long. All right, Matt. Thanks for hopping on and, um, go follow Matt. It is a, a lifestyle it's, it's choice. A certain... been, I'm committed at this point. So like I'm, I'm in it, but, uh, go check out his podcast, check out the website and, um, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for having me. I love talking basketball. Let's do this more. Let's do this in a week where we're talking about Baylor potentially knocking off Arizona. Let's do that. Absolutely. All right. right. Thanks, man. Sick and bears.